0: This is a Dalina University production. Uh, there's a tiny URL for uh, for this talk. If you think you might have been, if you think you might enjoy it so much you want to see it again, then this is the, uh, the link where you, can, where you can see it. Um, I'm just going to put a time on here. Marita, thank you very much for your talk and for the previous one as well. Uh, my work and Marita's work is very similar. And um, you see that some of the things she's mentioned, I'll, very, I'll mention very quickly as well. My talk is um, I'm presenting a framework for course design. And <coughs> for example, it could be that as an ICT. Consultant like Marita, you know, we have our bag of tools, our bag of tricks, and we can pull out a Venn diagram to use, or it could be a. This isn't a Venn diagram. But this is a video message, or a, a game of Jeopardy. So, for example, you know, when your student doesn't come to the obligatory seminar, and then asks to do a, a, a complementary task, and you're thinking, I'm going to do more work because you were not there. Instead, you give them the link and say, Make some Jeopardy questions related to the chapters we were going to discuss. Uh, It's a little bag of tricks, something from the bag of tricks. Voice thread is being discussed. This is discussion around media, an image or a film, perhaps. Um, And Marika talked about uh, PeerWise, where students, it's user-generated content. Students make eQuiz questions and share them with others and help out in the learning process. And these are, for example, different kinds of forums that might exist in a learning platform. For example, in the learning platform that we use, there's a very interesting setting. Very few people know about it. I love the setting in my own teaching. When you can have contributed your own, then you can see everybody else's. But not until you have contributed your own. I like social pressure in that kind of situations. Social pressure means social interaction as well. So ICT for this generation or the next generation. Really, what is ICT? And initially, it means. And the meaning is information and communications technology. I think there's quite a lot of information. We've got an overload of information. And I think ICT is about interaction now, not about information. It's about interaction and communications technology. And I, I use the term net-based courses. And it's a net-based course for campus or distance, It doesn't really matter. The difference is if you do have a campus-based uh, campus net, net course, then it's easy to transfer it to a, uh, to a distance space. Oh, yeah, satisfaction. I usually tell people, you know, if you want to remember my, my name, remember the word satisfaction, take away satisfaction and you're left with me. And this is just part of my introduction, because I work as a lecturer at, for, of English Language and Linguistics at Linnae University. That's 25% of my time. And the other time, I work as an ICT coach or an ICT consultant at the Faculty of Humanities at Umea University. And recently I started um, also in in my own venture. But with my ICT coaching, this is uh, quite a few times, either per day or per week, it's keyboard coaching together with a colleague at their level and at their speed. They control the mouse. They control the keyboard. And this is one thing which a lot of universities in Sweden lack. Support. Support nearby, close at hand. And it's that kind of support that can help a person bridge this kind of uh, uh, divide that they might fear in the beginning. (coughs) Sometimes my work situation is like this. And other times, I have to help out because this is being turned up. and I'll talk about this a little bit more. What happens is a tutor promises their students they are going to do this and they're going to do that. And they promise themselves away. And halfway through their course they realize, I'm going to do loads of work here, much more than I planned to. And that's this kind of situation. And this can lead to, as it were in Swedish, you call it, you know, a situation where a person burns out. And that's no use for anybody. So we have a fascinating ICT world, yeah. And in a way, what we're doing is we're recreating the learning environment. And I mean, I'm I'm talking to to the pe- pe- the preached already, right? You're all converted because why why do we we know it's important? Because you know, whether we like it or not, we live in a digital age. And although computers, they can't replace teachers. We know that teachers who use computers will eventually replace teachers who do not. One colleague, he reckoned that teachers who can, who can be replaced by computers should be. <laughs> 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 that's, that's true. I mean, I, 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 think, I think it's fascinating. We talk about uh, you know universities, this, you know, connecting ground building and, and research and that there has to be a connection, show me one paper, just one, that shows that lectures are more valuable than seminars. Just one will do. And I can give you a hundred reasons why we shouldn't lecture. Before we had no choice. Now we do have that choice. The internet is 18 years old, the same age as my son. And since then, so much has happened. And this allows us this kind of flexibility. Perhaps what we should say is that Teaching that can be replaced by computer should be, as opposed to teachers. And why use ICT? Because, yes, what I say to my colleagues, you know, I, this is a promised land, the salvation. You can do more. You can do it more effectively. You can have multimodality, and you can actually have less administration. If you if you interact well with your learning platform, and, and learn to know it. But often, as I've said, this is a situation, um, and it's a shame because I can often say to people that, at least in the beginning, the first five or ten hours you can invest, I can give you fivefold back in terms of feedbacking, for example, your, your, your essays and your papers. For example. But really, it boils down to uh, our colleagues' viewpoints about teaching and learning. Because if you are solely of the, of the opinion that you know knowledge or understanding is, is I as a lecturer, I transmit it to you, then fine, then sh- then lecturing is your base. But a lot of us, when we begin our careers as university tutors, that's our default. We go into default mode. I'm now a university lecturer, I will lecture, I will tell you some funny anecdotes, have some seminars, and we'll have an exam at the end. And that's the default. However, if, you have, if you're of the opinion that understanding and knowledge takes place through the construction and as a result of learning activity, then you want to change that format. And my... I can't really pronounce that word. I know how to write it. My viewpoint <laughs> <laughs> is that learning takes place through the active behavior of the learner. So what is done is learned not what the tutor does. And our, tu- and our students, they learn from each other. They learn through interacting with other people. And the evidence that we see of that is when, you know, they put down uh, the things they do for their exams or in their seminars and when they're interacting with others. You see, I don't think a student writes a bad essay for exam uh, uh, intentionally. But maybe they don't, the student doesn't know how to write a certain type of essay, the genre, the academic genre. So they're unacquainted with the format and the method. So what we do is we try to help them. Similarly, I don't think a tutor teaches a bad course intentionally. Maybe they just don't know how to construct a certain type of course. And they're unacquainted with the format. Hence the role that uh, Marita and Maria, my colleagues at uh, London University, have and that I have. My role is helping tutors, helping researchers, helping admin staff to digitalize, their world in order to give them more space so that they can interact with the people they need to interact with. And so, you've, many of you have seen this kind of diagram before, okay? You've got same time, same place. And although we're in Sweden, you know, uh, bread band everywhere, computers, iPads, iPhones, I would still say 90 something percent of all, all learning, teaching that takes place is in that first quadrant, same time, same place. But we have all these other dimensions, same time, different place, Skype, telephone, different time, same place, a forum, it's like a notice board, and then different time, different place. And making lectures available online is one of of those aspects. When I have a staff consultation, when a person sometimes says, oh, uh, my colleague had a wiki, I'd like to have a wiki or a, a blog or a... They, they kind of mention things that they might have heard from somebody else. And my question then is, of course, you know, well, why? You know, what is your name? What are you trying to do? And so this is two frames which I'm offering for you today. And this is one of the frames. I'll talk you through this. I'm sure you can't read what it says there just at the moment. But the first column is the learning objectives that you have for your course. For your seven and a half point course, for example. What are the learning objectives that you have? The next column is how will you measure each of these individual learning objectives? After that, it's how can you help your your students practice so that they will reach that learning objective which you will measure in this way? How will you present so that your students can reach that objective which you will measure in this particular way? Come back to this, but it's based on John Bates' constructive alignment, and the idea being that if a course isn't aligned, now come on, people, be honest with yourselves. All right, has this happened to you? Because in, I've had a course where, in my exam, I was marking an exam and I was thinking, "Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm really examining what I think I was examining." All right, it didn't kind of match in, and I could sense that I wasn't comfortable with it. Or I get my students to want to do a certain task, and they're thinking, "Well," Will this help me with my final exam? Do I need to do this? And I say, well, you do, but can I justify it? And what I have to do is I have to align the objectives, how they're being measured, how they're being practiced, and how they're being presented. And if I can align all my different objectives, then I can justify what it is that I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So in my linguistics course, which I've got ongoing at the moment, uh, my objectives are: by the end of, the students, my, uh, of this module, my students will be able to define and differentiate, describe the sound system, analyse the formation of English words and their grammatical modification, etc. and etc. And I've got all these different objectives that I'm aware of through my course. Okay, um, but can one final exam do the job? Can all these different learning objectives really be met? And I say to you, no. Because there, there, there are different kinds of aspects involved, and if they are, I've got a massive exam which I'm going to mark, and we don't really enjoy marking exams, do we? And we don't. We certainly hate resets. That's the bane of uh, of our university uh, teaching situations. So if these are the learning objectives, can I then? align all of these things. <coughs> and using John Biddy's constructive alignment, that's in uh, one of the frames that I use to make my objectives align them. So I don't end up in this kind of situation. Where I'm marking an exam and I'm thinking, isn't not really actually showing me anything, but I have to mark it now anyway. Or there was a particular task or or, or what it was. So I have a, a, a pedagogical discussion with my colleague you know, when they're setting up with their course what is it that you want to do and how do you go about doing it? But it can't start there or well, it can but it not only with that because what I need to have is um, I'll get to that I need to have one more one more frame for you in a moment because as my job as their ICT consultant it's to help to use the appropriate tool for the appropriate task and in, for the appropriate intentions. And I have insight in this now because part of my job is, you know, looking out for new tools that exist out there. Peerwise, which I learned about uh, half a year ago, and I then tr- tried it out with my own guinea pigs, uh, students, <laughs> and, and then relayed it to my colleagues. So, which blend to use? It depends on the nature of the course. It's a bit like preparing a meal. You know, you have your scapharid. What's that? Your cupboard, your pantry. You have all these shelves with lots of different nice little tools. You know, nice little ingredients and things, but you don't use everything for that one meal. You choose and select what it is that you need. So here's the the other frame. And it's these two frames that I use together. And this frame, the first question I ask when I meet a colleague is, how much time do you have for your course? hundred hours. How many students do you have? Fifty. Okay. Okay. Have you taught this course before? Do you have any online material already made or is it the first time you're going to put it in? And ask them to write this in pencil so they can erase it and change it. We go from their hours. The quality of the course is not the quality that you have in your head, you know, because we're all very altruistic in what, what we want to do. The quality of the course is based on how many hours you receive. And if you cannot produce the quality you would like to in your head, you know, the ideal course. Then you, then you wait on for a while because that course will get better you know one or two or three times down the road and the quality is in accordance with the amount of hours, the, the number of hours that you receive so I asked my, my, my colleagues to fill this in and usually when I ask how many hours are you going to receive they say oh you, you have I don't know find out it, let's see exactly how many hours you have to play around with this course because then we go back to the other frame, um, then we go back to, then we go to this frame, then we go back to the other frame, and we go back and forth. Because if the person says, well, I would like to have a, they, they're going to write a paper and I'm going to be marking that. How many students did you say have? had? Uh, 50. And so if they write three pages of this, it takes you, what, 20 minutes per student, half an hour? 50 times a half an hour, 25 hours. Okay, that leaves you, and so we do the math. And the person will think, yeah, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do that. No, exactly. So you, you, you kind of float it back and forth. My job is the one of the, in the fifth column is to help identify which ICT tools the person will need to reach a particular objective, which they're going to measure in a particular way, which they're going to practice with their students, which they're going to present. So it's all aligned, but in relation to the number of hours. And for me this is like uh, an aspect of of the good health of my colleagues. I have colleagues who are hard-working and very altruistic, well-meaning people who want to do this but don't really have the time or the energy or the insights to start off. But when they call me, that's the beginning of their journey to wanting to do so. But it's helping them within that process. So we have then Bloom's verbs to to work from, together with this um, sheet here then. And it could be, you know, list identify. Well, do that in an eQuiz instead. Um, Compare and distinguish. Well, instead of having uh, a a two-page document where a person compares and distinguishes, online go to a site and you make a Venn diagram where your students write two things in a Venn diagram and you get it in a list form. That way everything's there as a list. Instead of you, quite often, which happens, you read through this two-page paper and you're still trying to find that particular terminology and it's difficult to see. This will make it a lot easier for you to mark, for example. And your students will be able to do it online. So it's balancing these two frames in order to work out what is the kind of optimal blend for that particular course that you're going to be working with and teaching with. Now, if you know, that, or you, you're pretty sure that you're going to receive, you're going to get the chance to do this course again if you, a few more terms, then you might you know, do a little bit more work now, knowing that you're going to gain a little bit later on. But if you're temporarily employed, term by term, or if you don't know if you're going to have that course next year, then you work within your hours. And I've had situations where with, you know, not, a few of my colleagues at least, one person, very hardworking and uh, from an American tradition of giving uh, feedback on academic papers, and she was talking about how many hours her, she yes. had. I said, you know, but, you know, you, you may not do that. No, if you're going to do that, we won't continue this. <laughs> no, it was almost trying to force her to think about the number of hours she had and her planning. Now, they're two very simple frames, but I ask people to work on these and see the video lecture that I've made for this beforehand and to try to fill in these grids as much as they can and then we have the discussion and after that we put together this course and it's just been a working model for me as it were to base it on so that we can uh, reach this then optimal blend I can forget this <coughs> the last thing is that uh, Uh, Pretty much every time I have a consultation with a colleague, if they ask for a certain kind of tool um, to work with, then I help to make uh, a small video, which I then put on YouTube, and I link onto this ICT tutor support site. But I think it's equally important that we also make an ICT student support site, because if a tutor is going to work with, for example, voice today, and it's the first time they're going to do it, they don't know what to tell students. So I have a sister site with the menu on the right-hand side, uh, which explains um, how to use VoiceThread or the Venn diagram or whatever, and I make a film as a student. So the tutor only has to link it, give it to the students. Now, if we can provide that kind of support for our lecturers, for our colleagues, and provide good ICT support, which I think the type of situation you have at Darlene, which we can try to replicate in other places, then it will help us to reach next generation learning, future generation learning, with this generation.